It's Tepo Waffle Time! Welcome to Teffel Waffle! With the waffle and Teffel! Yeah, we waffle about Teffel in our Waffle Teffel podcast. Alright, um, today our topic is reading. Okay. Okay, which is a, a We're big gonna topic. We're going to talk about reading. We, yes. Uh, yes, actually, okay. alright. Reading is a big topic. So I'm going to uh, yes. hone it down. Tone it down? No, hone it down. I'm hone, hone it, it down. down. Yeah. When you're teaching reading, what are the steps which you follow in a typical reading lesson? You're asking me about... So I'm teaching reading to a group of EFL students. Yeah. And it's a, the focus of the lesson is on reading or I'm doing some reading as part of the lesson? Ooh, good question. Uh, you're teaching page 37 and on page 37 is a reading task about the Grand Canyon. And is that... No, it's a grammar lesson about um, present perfect. Oh, wow, Steve. You... <laughs> okay, uh, does the reading part come before or after the grammar part? It's before. It's before. Mm. So the reading is not the focus of the lesson. The reading is what's being used yeah, so this... as a, <laughs> an, a contextual example of the present perfect right. so for now, yeah. what, duration or... Well, I'm trying I to mean, narrow this down to yeah, a real lesson. I don't know. Um, look, the thing is that it's duration. Uh, uh, He's been going there for, for visiting for forty years. No, the water has been passing through this this place for, for eons. Past, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, and the park ranger in charge has been cleaning uh, bear poo for the last sixteen years, years since he was sixteen. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. So the, it's the, not a reading lesson. My my experience is most teachers ignore that reading. In the, in this lesson, the question becomes, what's my lesson aim and how long is my lesson? No, but you see, the thing is that some course books have on each double spread a, a reading, reading, section, a, writing, a writing, a listening, a, listening, a speaking, a, a grammar, some vocabulary. Grammar, right. some, yeah. so, so you look at it and you go, well, this is a lesson on the present perfect. I'm going to skip all the other stuff. Um, I, I think if I've got 50 minutes in my high school class, I I don't have a choice. Well, I don't have to pick the present perfect, but I have to pick something. Because otherwise all I'm doing is, quick, do exercise two. All right, good. Are you finished? Do exercise four. Okay, you finished? Okay, yeah, so... I, I, no, that's a horrible lesson. I love this. You've fallen into the little trap here. Um, so, reading... I, I could choose to just do the reading. Right. So, a lot of teachers don't. For, for justifiable reasons... I'd say the big justification would be, oh, what's on the test? Present perfect. Well, better cover that. <laughs> okay, so if you take some of the research on reading, mm-hmm. um, particularly the the research by people like Nation, Paul Nation. Okay, on on teaching reading. Uh, well, on the value and importance of reading, yes, and and how to teach it. I mean, reading is very it's it's a very private, silent thing. So you don't know what's going on inside the student's head. Yeah. Um, what are the outcomes of the reading activity? You don't know. You can do a comprehension check, but then you're just comp- checking whether the students have understood that reading. Well, you're not actually I, checking the language learning that's going on. And you're on. only checking whether they've comprehended certain aspects of it based on, you know, are you are your comprehension check questions all based around inference or are they all, all based around vocabulary knowledge or whatever else? So that, that at the same time, I don't know if you're... Are you teaching reading or testing reading? Uh, yes. 
So I mean, no, I mean the thing is that that's normally what happens is the books have a reading task with some comprehension check questions, and those are testing the students' comprehension. They're not actually teaching reading. Yeah. So if we're going to teach reading, there's a completely different approach to that reading text that's in the course book, right? Okay. So are we are we going to decide to focus on the reading instead of the present perfect? Or do we have to have this integrated skills lesson with our nice shiny like an ESA model and a <laughs> Yes. Cuz I'm going to answer your questions differently based on whether or not I this is a reading lesson or I'm using reading in a grammar lesson or I've got some grammar in my reading lesson. Wow, I actually didn't follow that. And I'm sure that every listener of this podcast is sitting didn't there going, that either. what the hell? <laughs> Explain them. Okay, uh, Okay. worst case scenario. I've got a 50-minute high school lesson, which is actually only 40 minutes because it took the students five minutes to get to class from their science lesson that was the period before and five minutes to come to the room and shuffle their chairs and put down their bag and find their book. <sighs> I've got 40 minutes and I've got a double-page Book, uh, spread in the book and page one is this reading about the Grand Canyon but the book only gave me um, two questions before it which was something like talk to your partner about okay, famous places in your country what are you talking about here teaching reading or getting through the book or what were your three options that you said earlier I can have a reading lesson yes I can have a reading lesson with some grammar in it yes or I can have a grammar lesson with some reading in it but I don't think in my 40 minutes I can have an in, a, a fully integrated skills reading and listening lesson, reading and grammar lesson, unless all I'm doing is the book, in which case, why am I there? <laughs> you know, they could get a tape recorder to come in and tell the students, all right, when, you, when you're ready, press the clicker and it will, and it will just read, now do exercise four, <laughs> in exercise four, please. Yes. Okay, so if you if you let's let's imagine that you've got to try and do as much of this page as possible, <gasps> right? So what it is that you land up doing is your is your choice. Yes. What's in the test? We don't know. And oh, we don't know. No, because you you're not going to be making the test anyway. Maybe there isn't even a test. Ooh. But you. Oh, I like this class. <laughs> the class you, without a test. Let's you're gonna you're gonna try and do as much of this page as possible. Do you choose? You have this option now, to skip the reading and just do the grammar. Or do you choose to skip the grammar and just do the reading? Or do you try and wishy-washy through the whole thing? Okay, um, if this is my theoretical, I've got 40 minutes to cover this, I'm just going to do the grammar. Okay, so in this podcast, we're going to try to talk you into believing that doing the reading part is more beneficial for the students than focusing on the grammar. And by beneficial, you mean? Because we need to define that. Right, has a longer-term effect on language learning outcomes. Okay, so you believe that more, well, your argument is going to be that um, long-term proficiency, uh, yes, language reading, development, yes. reading contributes more, more to long-term right. proficiency and overall proficiency than the focus grammar lesson. Right. We have a problem. Do we? Yeah, I agree. Oh, great. Okay, we but, fin- and that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> But I'm not going to teach the reading. I'm going to teach the grammar. Why? 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 If you agree that reading is so useful for students, why are you not going to teach it? Because of how we've defined useful. We've defined it as 
Okay, the goal of learning a language is to learn to communicate, to get information, to give information, to interact, to survive, to um, talk to the cool guy who's playing the guitar on the subway when you're on holiday in Prague. Okay, cheapers. Yeah, whatever. But, okay, this is our global, um, somewhat idealistic goal. Okay. Got it. And I wish that was the only answer. That that's it. End of discussion. But that's not the reality of language teaching. The reality, the reality you're talking about is preparing students for a test. I hate that. That's true. I have. I have a. I, I know of a really good podcast about test washback. I wonder where I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I hate that this is my answer because I. Okay. Theoretically, disagree with it. No, not even theoretically. I. Okay, so so let let's let me tell you uh, let me tell you two stories. Okay, okay. tell me a story, Steve. The, the first one is story time. Story time Yay! by Steve. The first one is about a book that was published in 1981 uh-huh. by the University of the uh, University of South Pacific. Is that a university? Anyway, New Zealand. Zealand. Okay. Okay, and it's by two. Is that a real country? <laughs> Part of Australia. (laughs) (laughs) By two chaps, Warwick B. Ellie, yes, and Francis Mangobai. Mangobai. Okay. Yes. Anyway, Ellie and Mangobai did this research in the South Pacific, uh, on an island somewhere. Uh, if I read this in more Called detail. New Zealand? Not New Zealand. It was on (laughs) an island. Yeah, one of the South Pacific islands. So what they did is they took a school. Yep. Or maybe even a couple of schools, I'm not sure. And they flooded the school with books. Okay. And they actually called it a... Book flood? Yes. Oh, that was too easy. Yes. They... But at least it wasn't offensive, like, oh. like a, 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 a title torrent of novellia. <laughs> anyway, so the, the island that I'm talking about is Fiji. It's in the title of this of this book, <laughs> this paper. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they they flooded. Fiji is f- one of those islands. It's kind of a nation, though. But okay. Oh right. Okay. So this is island nation, and they flooded some of the schools with books, and they followed. They tracked the students' language skill proficiency, whatever. They yeah. they had all these things. Over, uh, over years. Oh, ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, and um, they read f- this paper. Can I? Uh, it's a book. Uh, How long is this book? How long is this book? Let me just get my glasses. See, these are things that you need when you're old. Hang on. Oh, well, this is a summary, and it's 15 pages. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, they flooded the schools, followed this, tracked the children's language development, and the children who were in the book flood schools yeah. did better on exams, Yeah. improved their proficiency in language, in communication, so yeah. in speaking and in grammar. Yeah. So that meant that it wasn't just flooding the school with books. The, the students were actually given time to sit quietly with these books. Um, they were trained how to choose a book. They were okay. encouraged to read a book. Maybe the teachers asked for book reports. Or maybe they had a book club. Or maybe book they clubs had... and that kind of thing, yeah. The other schools, the teachers went in and taught your traditional grammar lesson yeah. and prepared students for the exams and yeah. so on. So the book club... I, I, I'm loath to use the word prove, but indicates strongly that giving students time to read extensively on topics of their choice 
has a beneficial effect on their language proficiency long term. Okay, so I have a question for you, and I don't know if you know the answer, so sorry that I'm putting you on the spot. This, uh, these exams that they did that demonstrated the, the comparative nature of the two groups, yeah. were these like overall proficiency-based exams, like end-of-high-school exam or something uh, like that? Yeah, just, just the normal exams that the kids were doing. So whatever the kids... What does that mean, a normal exam? Well, I don't know. Who, who knows what in the... Um, well, this, no, this has a huge effect on, on the ANSI because if this is a global proficiency exam... No, no, this is a school, end of school exam. So whatever... So it's, the, it's your high school, final high school certificate exam. Something like that, yeah. Well, then yes. Why? Well, yes, the reading helped them overall. Well, why wouldn't it help anybody else then? Because if they had at the end of at the end of the term a test on present perfect and it was a terribly written exam that said convert the following sentence into passive voice using points or periods of time the students who who just learned from reading would go what does that mean <laughs> the native english speaker who'd grown up speaking english and is a perfectly proficient speaker what does that mean yes but but and the thing, only the kid who no, but, had the crappy language class but i'm sorry where the teacher okay, went this the is the perfect <laughs> informed using the auxiliary <laughs> verb conjugated to the uh, listener of this podcast this is devolving into a conversation about testing <laughs> well this is what i want to know because in 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 our perfect world scenario here well, well uh, the in students our perfect had scenario, good tests. No, but well, in our perfect scenario, the the students are not tested. The students are. I, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with a global proficiency test. My my test is I go to Prague and I chat to the guy with the guitar in the subway that you were talking about. Yeah. Because I've learned Pragish. What's the language? Check, I don't know. I've, I've, for some reason, in, in my mind, this this guy busking in the Prague subway was was from. Northampton. <laughs> I, I don't know why we're oh, in right. Prague. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So that's that's the test, isn't it? I, I go yeah. abroad and I I use the language confidently, knowledgeably, yeah, intelligently. Sure. I I I want to live in your world. In your theoretical not. I mean, the thing world. is that at the end of the day, if I fail an English exam, is it going to set me back? Well, at the end of the day, if you fail an English exam, is your English bad? Well, that's a question. But if I'm if I'm enjoying reading a book like The Princess Bride, yeah, and it's hard for me, but I'm still enjoying reading it. And you're going back to it, not because your teacher said go back to it, but because you because want to. Because I want to know what happens to the man in black after he walks into the fire swamp or whatever. That, okay. I want to know I what. That was Stephen King. That was the oh. gunslinger. Well, uh, the Princess Bride also has a man in black. Okay. Um, if, if you want to know that, then you're engaging with the language in real terms and your yes. proficiency is going to... Increase. And actually, you're not studying language anymore. You're actually becoming a user of the language, which is user. how you really right. get good at something. So there's another... St- I promised two stories. So here's the second. Uh, we didn't quite wrap this one up because I'm really conflicted here where I want to live in your... your I live in a perfect group. world. I tell well, you. No, I, just, I want to live in, in Fiji in one of these and teach in one of these schools where no, the school late. doesn't believe in terrible No, Well, I don't know if the school has terrible exams. But this is 1981, so you're out of luck, I'm afraid. But you're, you're I fit in 1981. I don't need an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, <clears throat> the testing issue is maybe a, a complication, I grant you. That this is a, a an extraneous variable which we cannot control. 
but for the purposes of okay let, let's come back to testing I'll, I'll give you this one okay. okay I know that present perfect is going to be in the exam and I want the students to learn the present perfect so I have I have two ways of doing it I can explicitly teach a present perfect yes. and have excellent short range knowledge of, of the present perfect yes or I can engage the students in texts in which the present perfect is, is occurs occurs yeah. right um, it's in context. It's in context. Meaning. Very interesting. It's stories yeah. about bears being eaten by ants or whatever. I mean, things that the students are interested in. I don't want to go to the Grand Canyon anymore. <laughs> Sounds creepy. <laughs> whatever. Um, and the students have now been exposed to real-life examples of the present perfect. I think that has as much benefit and possibly more. On which exam? On the, st- on the exam in which the students are asked to make sentences or correct sentences in the present perfect. I, I wish that was true. Well, let's, let's study it. Let's do some empirical research. No, I, look, let's, let's go back and, and live in your perfect world for a moment because I actually really want to live here. Mm. It's, it's, it sounds like a lovely place. Mm. Where the goal of language learning isn't is not to pass tests. Mm. The goal of language learning is definitely not to know what the label the present perfect means mm. or to know what a past participle is mm. or none of that is the goal. The goal of language learning is to to learn to actually exist in the language, to use the language, to comprehend the language, to interact with the language, to just be Good on a grand scale, not on this microcosm measurable thing. I, I like, I love this world. I don't know what I don't know what world you're living in, where the only thing that's important to a teacher is microcosmic tests, which have no connection to real world existence. I'm living, in, unfortunately, a all too prevalent world where a lot of exams have these. Yeah, bad well, tests. I mean, my challenge to you is how important are these exams? To me? No, the to the students. Uh, Probably uh, not very. And if they fail... Ho- hopefully not very. Yeah. And if they fail the exam, does it mean they fail the year? Probably not. And if oh, they fail... Hopefully not. And We don't f- know because they haven't actually been tested on anything meaningful. Right. And if they fail, um, if they fail English... Does it have any long-term impact on their education? Probably not. I mean, it has an impact on their long-term love for the language. Perhaps, yeah. But... In my experience, if somebody passes math, science, and their home language, and they fail English, it's not going to... Have a huge long-term impact. No, so I don't think that these exams are terribly important. Wow. Your your world just keeps getting better and rosier. (laughs) Yeah. uh, You've never had the the head of the department go... um, Half those guys only got 30 to 40%. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> You're back in the horrible real world, aren't you? Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I mean, there's there's ways to cheat on exams if if they are you if they are gonna if they are gonna affect the students or my um, relationship with the school or something like that, then we have some quick fixes. I mean, whatever. I I find it difficult to take exams seriously. Um, uh, well, I, I think I'm already on record on this podcast as saying that I think all exams are, are, are a load pretty of, dumb. Are a load of insert as many ex, as well, synonyms I mean, for the thing is, as you I'm, can here. As as a 
as a person, I'm really good at exams. Uh, and So am I. But I don't think they hold a lot of educational No, and, and, and I'll tell you what, I have six degrees behind me, and that's only because I'm really good at, at fooling examiners. <laughs> I mean, it's not actually because I'm terribly intelligent. Uh, but the, the, the way that you get a degree is by... Persevering. Well, and... and Finishing an exam. Yeah. Uh, you don't walk out of an exam until you've finished it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I just think that examing and getting through exams is a, is a skill. It, yeah, it's, it's not one a, of those artificial skills that you need to learn to be a good student, but they don't. it doesn't necessarily translate to the real too, world. Too much at all, no. Which is at the crux of the whole language learning. So hang on, what is this podcast about? Exams or reading? Well, this exam, <laughs> this whole premise of this was, which one am I going to teach? And in my, in my theoretically... We're having different conversations. You're in about. the world that I'd like to live in, I live in Steve's world, and I choose to teach the reading because it's a hell of a lot more interesting, useful engaging, there's so much more that I can do with this, and I know for a fact that the students have studied the present perfect 700 times, and they're bored to death with it, because it's always, let's study the present perfect, which is so fake. No one does that in, like, in real life, we don't study the present perfect. We learn to talk about our experiences, and and the things that, that we've been doing since we moved to Japan, and... Uh, why why I'm so tired this evening. Okay, so... And all those use present perfect, but right. they don't study it. We so talk in that about case, yeah, in that things. case, this is the reason. This, maybe maybe you are on track here. This is exactly the reason why so many teachers ignore the reading texts in a book. And the research that I'm, I'm referring to, stuff by Paul Nation and the book flood, is that the opposite is true. If you engage the students in reading, you don't need to teach all this all other, other stuff. stuff because it's, it's it, it'll intrinsic. come naturally, yeah, if the students are interested in the reading. Now, I remember at school, we were told to read the Jane and Bill, Bob and Jane, Jane and, I don't know, Jane and somebody. They were always doing stuff together. Dick um, and Jane. Dick and Jane, that's it, yeah. And I hated them. I, I, I remember as a seven-year-old just thinking, how... Every now and again, there'd be a joke, and I'd scan through the text as a kid, <laughs> looking for the jokes, because there was nothing else in the story but these... It was just stupid. Yeah, I, I, I very vaguely remember not bothering to read them. Yeah, and I only really started enjoying enjoying reading for myself when I came across the three of... The three of um, there were these three boys who went on adventures. The South Sea Adventure. Yeah, are we talking about yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic Four and the yeah, Fabulous yeah, Five and, and the, the Secret Seven and, and the, yeah. yeah, and that was that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to get the students involved in because yes. that's when their engagement yeah. with this. So to go back to the the Grand Canyon reading, okay, it's not intrinsically interesting. Um, I don't want to read about the Grand Canyon, and it's okay. not gonna it's not gonna lead to a lot of learning as it sits in the book. So I've got to try and make the students want to read that text. Yeah. Then they want to read the text, they read it, and they go, oh, man, this is so interesting. I want to go to the Grand Canyon. But the, they're now focusing on, on the outcomes of the text, not the text itself. Yes. And through that, reading suddenly starts becoming a, a, a door to new worlds, and, and then that becomes a really, really powerful means for teaching language. Now, a lot of teachers say to me, no, I don't do the reading, and nobody wants to read about the, the Grand the, Canyon. Or this, this story in here about the wild rose, that's boring. The kids are not going to be interested in that. Um, and there's so much Well, they might lost. not be intrinsically interested in it, 
But you can make it interesting. That's right, by, yeah. by building the lesson properly and yes. preparing the students for it. And, but then you lose the possibility of, of looking good in the exams. Yes. Which is the reason why many teachers don't want to do it. Okay, now I want to tell you... I haven't got to my second story yet. Oh. Okay, no, but tell your, st- tell your story. No, you, you tell me your second story. Steve's, it's so, Steve's story times extravaganza. I can't right. think of what So I listened to an interview with Paul Nation, and he was talking about a school that he visited in Japan. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those tuition schools where the students come after school. Okay. Okay. And it's a language school. So the students walk in and they're supposed to have language lessons. But instead of a language lesson, this school has a library, and the students go okay. to the library and read. And um, he did some research on the on the kids that are going in and reading because they can read at home. They don't need to go they to can. a language school, yeah. But but if they go home, they don't read. That's yeah. this is the thing. And um, the kids that were in this school were were getting on the end of year end of school uh, exams and yeah. the university entrance exams were scoring significantly higher than their non reading. Japanese okay. classmates. Yep. So this is also about extensive reading and engagement in texts because it, it expands vocabulary. Yes. It improves grammar, grammar accuracy yes. over the long term. It does a lot of work with collocation, which is incredibly hard to teach. Right. Like the fact that... that uh, was exam- I had a horrible one that came up yesterday. Oh, a student from another class came and said to me... Um, what does drop off mean? And I went, well, I, I don't actually know what drop off means. I need drop off Context. in a sentence. Yeah. And the sentence was, um, uh, while watching TV, he dropped off. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's something that you need, it needs to be, you need the exposure of right. language being used in in context, but in contexts. Yes. And yeah, all, all of that. So these You've now proved, undeniably... Twice. Twice. That if we lived in a perfect world... <laughs> Everything would be great. No. Yes. If, if our goal is long-term, uh. if, our, if we have a non-immediate goal uh, where we don't care about the students' results on the end-of-week progress test, we care about the end-of-high-school score... In, on English as a whole, or their life score. Yeah, so we're doing proficiency tests, not not these silly little focus tests on on just um, do you know which of these words are adverbs or something like that. It's better, and I completely agree with you. And but I, you are representative of the myriads of teachers out there who skip reading. Yeah, but I'm actually cheating. Because you don't skip reading. Because, well, in reality, it's not even that that I. It's not that I don't skip reading. It's that every time I open a book, I look at the book and go, what's most useful for the students? What would be most interesting today? What could we have the most fun with? What can I expand on? How can I get them interacting? And if that is focusing the whole lesson on the reading, I do the reading. And if it's focusing on something else, I do the something else. But I have genuinely, in fact, a woman that I'm working with right now She's the head of the course that I'm running. She was writing the schedule for the course. And I said, oh, great. And she's, she said to me, yeah, but you know, you have to cover the book sometimes, right? 
because I, I have different topics that I teach, and some of them are open topics like group discussion, right. where I get to build a, a, a something fun and meaningful, and others are like you know I was given topic um, Australian to what do they call it? Something Aussie is the name of the the lesson, and I've I've built a lesson around reading about national parks in, in, in Australia, and some huge reading lesson that's all about. It's got lots of vocabulary and it's got grammar and it's it's a big meaty lesson, but it's a reading lesson. I never actually really focus on the grammar in in it. But her comment was still she wants you to finish the book. Yeah, but I mean that's... in some lessons, yeah, I have unit one point three of the book, and the it's got will for future and it's got this reading passage of, about imagining you know flying cars, and it's also got some vocabulary in there like reliable and whatever and she says make sure you cover the book because it's going to be on the test mm. and this is in spite of the fact that my one of my most common end of course compliments that that I I'm not saying I get it a lot but I always remember when I get it which is it's so great that I remembered when it came to the test I remembered how to use the language, even though we didn't cover it in class. And, of course, we covered it. Yeah. I just didn't just say, didn't we are studying the present perfect today. I said, let's... Um, I want you guys to, to find out um, who, who in class you have the most in common with in terms of your, your travel experiences, work experience, and whatever. So they were doing it through the activity. Yeah. Your three questions that you re- referenced when you're opening the book, what's going to make? Uh, well, what can I make something out of? Like something that's interesting or fun or engaging. Yep. What can I build on to get them interacting yeah. a lot? Yeah, fine, sometimes okay. there's a bit of what's on the test. Okay. Mm, I don't like and that. And those are your three questions that uh, that should be guiding everything, I suppose. I, I think that the, I think your you cheated and stole what would have very much been my standpoint on this, which was to help with that stupid test. Worry about the big picture. Yeah. Oh, so the little story I wanted to tell you? Yes, tell me. I covered a class for a guy called Steve a couple of years ago where the students were prepping for an IELTS test, no, TOEIC test, something like that. And you asked me to cover pages... 46 to 912 <laughs> yes. um, and I looked at page 17 and realised there was this whole amazing thing about pronunciation and, and minimal pairs and uh, how they'd sound in context and and I built my 3 hour lesson around page 17 instead of doing page 16 to 94 and Steve came back and, and Steve, said what the hell you haven't done all these pages and, and I went yeah, <laughs> because yeah. yeah, sometimes I just go, look, the students could get a lot out of this. And the horrible thing is, you were right, they were prepping for a TOEIC test. Uh, but I was right, I yeah. was there to teach them English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, right, so time, you, time for a word from our sponsor. Yes, who's our sponsor today? Our sponsor today is... You've lost your piece of paper, I've haven't lost you? My piece Hang of on. Paper. We pa- don't have a sponsor. Pause and find your paper. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. 
Right, oh, found it? Yeah, it's the ICAO English test. Yes, which um, is a, a, a very, very important test. Right, so the ICAO English test tests language proficiency, proficiency. of pilots. So it doesn't test language proficiency at all. No. It tests, do you know a very, very narrow band of English? Interestingly, the ICAO has no reading component. Which is... You know, essential. Right. You need reading if you're going to study English. No, but pilots don't need to read. They just need to. They also don't need to be able to speak English. They need to be able to use a very, very specific band of English. Anyway, specifically. That's right. And the ICAO has an important role in making sure our pilots are speaking to each other in excellent piloting English. English. So what we're saying here is we are sponsored by the guys who contradict everything that we believe in intrinsically and we're just a bunch of hacks and frauds. And they're right. Careful Waffle is proudly brought to you by Non-Stop Wafflers, Tor and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints or queries, you can email tofuwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tuffelwaffle.com